you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to read a couple of portions of Scripture there, verse 17 and 18. Said it's good to have Brother Babbitt. They they come all the way from Clinton and um, to uh, church on Wednesday nights. Uh, amen. And um, so next time somebody tell ask, tells you they can't make it because it's too far, just tell them about the Babbitts. Amen. Amen. They can drive an hour and 15 minutes, and surely we can make it, right? Praise God. All right. Well, I won't preach on that. But, I, you know, it's wonderful how that uh, God, you know, the, the world is so small. We, we um, preached in uh, Indianapolis uh, a week ago Sunday, and then um, people show up here on this Sunday from relatives that was in uh, Indianapolis. And I think uh, three families come from Folks that were was in Indianapolis, their folks were there and said they need to come, and so they did. And, um, I, you know, that's the reason why you got to live right all the time. Amen. Amen. Because you never know. The world's real small. But uh, what I was getting at is, is uh, you know, David, I, I didn't recognize him right off when I first met him, but I kind of put it all together. And, and I knew his mama before he was probably born. <laughs> Amen, and uh, and that, but and just seeing and able to be in ministry now together, and, and I thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. I hope it didn't embarrass you. I just thinking about how awesome God is. Amen. Exodus chapter thirteen and verse number seventeen. It says there. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was nearer. I mean, no shortcuts aren't always the best. I've got in cow pastures taking shortcuts. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and turn, return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. I want to talk to you just a few minutes tonight, probably more teaching than preaching, but I just want to talk to you uh, just on this thought of surviving in the wilderness, surviving in the wilderness, you know, you, you must believe that if you are in this uh, process of the kingdom for very long, you must come to understand that that there is a plan that God has for your life. That there is a plan, but with the plan, there comes a process. And most of the time, uh, we, when we look at our lives, we become so anxious for the plan that we fail to realize that there is a process. And that process is what leads us to the plan. God had David in a process to be the king. He had him going through the process, uh, if you will. He was in training for reigning. 
He was taking him through the process, allowing him to uh, get out of him all of his flaws and all of the things that were not right. He allowed it to take place on the backside of the desert in a private place so that it did not have to be revealed in a public place. He allowed him this process that he would go through in the wilderness so that he could work out all of the stuff in his life so that when he got him to where he had planned for him to go, that he would already be in that place of reigning because David did not have all of the... the, uh, proper training. He didn't have all the proper etiquette. He didn't have all the proper uh, lineage, but God had a plan for him. And so God took him through this process of his life. And and, uh, that's what we have to understand tonight in our lives, that there is process. I don't like the process. I just like the plan. Because the plan is something that you can enjoy, but doesn't matter how many preachers tell you that there is no process, the devil is a liar. There are things in you that God will work out of you that you didn't even know were there. And he does that through process. He works it out, but he is working it out not to destroy us, but to bring us through. And the word process, other words, is a procedure. We have a procedure or we proceed or we have a procession. It is something that it is that of a wedding, that we're having a wedding procession. It is procedure. We are moving forward. We are always moving forward. And so that's what God is doing in this process. It is a procedure. It is, it is a processional that is leading us progressively forward, perpetually moving forward. And so in the process, you don't want to get stuck in the wilderness. Amen. The percent that when we have a graduation, we have a processional that graduates, right? They have it going forward. They're saying they're leaving this uh, 12th grade and they're going into extended education or they're going into a job. They're, they're moving forward in their life. And so uh, what we have to understand is whenever we're going through all of this, it is not for vain that God is, has us in preparation for a thing. He is preparing us because one of the most difficult or troubling things is to end up in the place that God has planned for you and you're not prepared for it. Amen. And so God takes us through this preparation to prepare us for where he is taking us. And after the preparation, then there's some pruning. Amen. Cutting away of some things that, that we think we need, but God says we really don't need. Amen. Have you ever seen them prune a tree? I've seen my neighbors this fall. They got into a, I don't know, they murdered the poor trees. They, they cut them down to nearly stumps 
but but what happened was is they cut those things back it looked like if it were me I'd have said they were going to die but the reality is they begin to sprout new uh, limbs this year and they begin to reproduce and there's something that's now controlled and it's something that's very nice and there's sometimes in our life that God will prune us back and it'll cause us to look like saying well this isn't good this can't be profitable this isn't going to be a good thing but but aren't you glad that the pruning shears are in the hand of God and not in the hand of man amen because man can make mistakes man can cut where we don't need to be cut he can prune what we don't need to prune but God is an expert at pruning that which needs to be cut away so that that which remains can come to life amen and so uh in my granddaddy he you know we used to raise tomatoes and he would take me out and well he wouldn't take me out he'd make me go uh, in the mornings and we would and he would take me out into the to, to the garden and and show me how to take care and we'd till the ground we'd get the weeds out of the beans and all of those things but uh, after the tomato plants would get up so high he would take his pocket knife and he'd start cutting things off he said that's a sucker amen that's a sucker and, and I'm thinking that don't look no different than the rest of it. But he knew what it was. And he said, you can let that go. It will be profitable a little bit. But he said, the tomatoes will not be as large. They will, this vine will not produce quality food. Amen. And so he knew that if you kept allowed the suckers to remain, then it would not produce what it should have produced. And I thank God that in our lives that he'll come and he'll cut off some suckers. He'll cut off some things in our life that would have caused us not to be as profitable as we would have been but thank God he he knows how to prune us amen and he knows how to cut us back and then he he teaches us patience yeah I don't like that but he teaches us patience how many know he knows how to teach us patience and, and, and I really don't have to preach about that because if you've walked with the Lord any time at all, you know in this process there is patience. But at the end of it, there is perseverance. Amen. You got to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. You got to learn how to be like a weeble wobble and don't fall down. Amen. Perseverance, the hold on. Amen. And, and, and that's what God is doing because you see, perseverance really is a fruit of the spirit. Amen. It isn't something that we enjoy, but it's part of the process to get us to the plan that God has for our life. This process reveals the spiritual uh, nature, the spiritual study, if you will, of Israel. It is what they were going through, through all of this wilderness experience. But they never got there the next day, but they had to learn patience. In fact, God had a plan for his people, but they wondered for 40 years instead of fulfilling the plan because the Bible says of fear that was in their hearts. 
He said there is a shorter distance. There was a shorter route. They could have gone in this direction, but because there were fear that was in their hearts, he said, we're too close to where we came from. They see their enemy and they will turn around and go back to what I brought them out of. And so in God's infinite wisdom, he would take them the long way around, teaching them patience, preparing them for where they were going, pruning off some suckers and causing them to persevere through some things so that when they got to where they were going, that they would be ready and be able to handle the land of promise. Amen. And God has a plan for us tonight. But the tragic truth is, is this, that there were only two originals that made it into the land of promise. There were only two that heard the original promise that went into that promised land that they had been promised many years ago. They entered into Canaan. But Satan does his best work while we're in the wilderness. He is an expert at killing you in the wilderness. He, in the dry places of our life, in the wilderness seasons of our life, you, you don't see anybody give up on God on the mountaintop. People give up in the wilderness. You don't see people that are going weary and say, I don't know if I can make it or not in the mountaintop experiences. It's in the wildernesses of our life is where the the assassin hangs out. It is where he does his best work to come to, to begin to speak discouragement into our life, to begin to come and speak the, 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 the uh, things that, well, he don't speak, uh, you know, if you're a Christian, if you're somebody of the word, he doesn't doesn't speak uh, just blatant lies. He mixes the word, the truth with a lie. He mixes the word with, with a lie. That's what he did when, with Jesus. He, he said, if you be the son of God, make these, this stones into bread. If you be the son of God, he said, why don't you jump off of this high pinnacle and, and the angels of the Lord will, will protect you, right? He mixes in some scriptures so it sounds biblical, amen, and, and so that, that he can do his assassin, so he can do his work in our lives. But, but in the midst of the wilderness, we have to guard our hearts, we have to protect our lives with the word of God. Because you see, you can survive it through it, but you've got to know that in this wilderness, that God is still your source, that God is still the same God in the wilderness as he is in the land of promise and even though that we're going through this process in this season he is still the God of the process amen and and so you can survive through it how does any an individual survive the wilderness well I want to give you a couple of things tonight you you must realize that there are some things that you are not meant to change but they are meant to change you. Israel was not meant to change the wilderness. The wilderness was meant to change Israel. Amen. There, there is the Israel was not out there to cause the wilderness to become an oasis. 
Israel was in the wilderness so that the wilderness could get out of Israel what needed to get out of them so they could go into an oasis. It was part of the plan. It was part of the process. And so you, you, we have to understand that. What we're going through sometimes is not meant for us to change, but is to change some things in us so that we can lay hold on to our promise. They didn't involve themselves in changing anything until they had entered into the land of Canaan. They didn't, they didn't mess with the, the, the things in the wilderness, but when they came into Canaan, they said, this is our land of promise. This is what we have been promised. This is what we have been looking for. And so that is where they begin to make changes. That is where they begin to fight giants and destroy strongholds. That is where they marched around cities until the strongholds came down. That is where they slew the giants and destroyed their enemies. Why? Because they knew that this is the place of promise. This is not, we have crossed over into Canaan and no longer is this a place to change us but now we are to change the land that we have walked into and so God had prepared them for this he had he had got them ready for this and the wilderness was filtering them it was screening them it was going through this process of filtering and screening but now they were ready to go into the land of promise whenever we look at Moses in the in the wilderness we see how that he was uh, in this process of screening, right? He was in this process of 40 years. He thought he knew it all, right? And then he found out when he was 40 years old, he knew nothing. And for the next 40 years, he goes through this screening process in the middle of the wilderness until he is humbled, till he is broken, until he realizes it's not about his gifts and his talents, but it's all about God realizes that it is God that is the one that has given the promise it is God that is the one who has done the work in his life and now he is ready to do a thing not because he is all of that but because he has been broken because he has been sifted because he has been through the process of his life and now the, the, everything that he has gone through has not been for him to change but to change him and now he is stepping into a new day at 80 years old amen and he is back to where God can use him you and I are not only not always fruitful there are times in our life that that we are not fruitful amen but there are fruitful seasons of our life and then there's process we are much like a tree in the middle of the winter. There is a season that we go through when the sap goes out of the limbs and goes back into the ground. It's underground. It's still there. Life is still there, but it, you can't see it. It's not resembling life, but it's all underground. But in the spring, all of the life is going to come back. You've just got, sometimes, you've just got to outlast the winter. 
You've just got to outlast the winter storm of your life because the thing that God has put in your root system, the thing that God has placed into your life, it, it, it may feel like that the leaves are withering. It may feel like that, there, that it isn't as exciting anymore because you see, uh, the kingdom of God isn't always exciting. Y'all got any true people tonight? The kingdom's not always exciting, but thank God for the excitement. Amen. And thank God that we're not all in a winter season at the same time. And so God has planned it that way that, that whenever it, the sap is going out of our extensions and going out of our limbs and going out of the trunk and even down into the roots and it looks like that there is no life remaining but just as sure as the sun begins to warm up the skies again just as sure as the turtle dove begins to sing in the spring of the year just as sure as you begin to hear a man the thing of spring life comes back to the tree life comes back to the flowers I'm telling you that after the winter season of our life God has not left us but in that winter after the winter season is gone amen the sap is going to come back again the leaves are going to sprout and we're going to produce fruit in our season praise God and so this is the plan of God this is the way that God does a thing and, and if you don't understand the season you're in you'll become frustrated with your season and how many know that you can't change the season amen I mean we live in a place where there's four seasons right winter spring summer and fall all you have to do is call oh that's something else uh But we live in four seasons. We are going into summer, August. It's going to be 80, 90 degrees around here. And you can sing, let it snow all you want to, but it ain't going to snow, Bubba. Amen. Because we are in a summer season. In the winter, and come January, come February, you can sing all you want to about daisies and spring showers bring May flowers and all that. But, and, and you, can, you can even talk about I'm going swimming in the morning. But guess what? If you do, you're crazy. Because it, it's at the season. You can say, I'm warm, I'm warm, I'm warm, I'm warm, and all you want to. But it ain't going to work. Because it's the season, right? It's the season. And so there are seasons of our life. Does that mean that we quit praying? Does that mean that we quit believing? Does that mean that we quit praying for the harvest, for the fruit? No, because the season's going to change. And when the season changes, the faithful are going to receive the harvest. And so we continue on, even in this winter season, even in the wilderness time of our life, we continue on until the season changes. And when the season changes, we are found faithful. And because we're found faithful we will remain and we will have fruit in our due season amen the tree simply outlives the winter there are times in our life when we just have to outlive situations I know that you've heard me say this before but I I want to reiterate it again because it's so powerful in my own life and that is we you don't make permanent decisions based upon temporary circumstances 
You cannot make, you can, you can jack up your life or years of your life making a, temp, a temporary or a permanent decision in a temporary situation. It can take you a long time to after you're derailed and after things go, you know, awry or whatever. And, and you've taken, made that choice or made that decision because it's tough, because it's winter, because, because you're in this, in your, you're in this wilderness season. But I encourage you in the midst of those, hang on and don't make permanent decisions in a winter season of your life. Amen. What you are facing and going through in your life is transitional. Everything is going to change. The children of Israel made a tragic mistake. They're making the decision based upon a temporary circumstance that the wilderness, in the midst of the wilderness, and they begin to murmur and begin to complain. And begin to bellyache about the land of promise because they were in a wilderness season. <clears throat> and they began to say, what did he do? Bring us out here to die. We had it better back here. We had it, we had it, we had it, we had it. Well, there wasn't nobody made you leave. Amen. How I many know sometimes we forget what it was like behind us. Time and age has a way of making things look better than what they really are. Amen. I remember uh, growing up, you know, the church we attended was was the Pentecostal voice in the region. There was, uh, I remember that. And I remember it seemed large. It seemed very big to me. But whenever a few years ago, I took my kids back by that church and, and to show them where I grew up and show them they didn't care, but I took them anyways. And, uh, and I showed them where our house was. I showed them where, you know, we farmed. I showed them this and that. And I went, took them by. I said, this is where we went to church. And, and to my amazement, I couldn't believe how little that church looked. In my mind, it looked so great. In my, in my history and in, in growing up and looking back over my life, I, I, somehow the distance, it caused my imagination to think that it was much bigger than what it really was. And sometimes if we're not careful in our lives, especially in wilderness seasons, the things that we've come out of will have a more, a better appeal and a greater look into us than what we have come out of. But just remind yourself, if it was so good, you'd have never left. Amen. If it was so good, you'd have never pulled up the stakes in the first place. But the fact that we were all broken and we had all sinned and come short of the glory of God and our lives were a mess and we were looking for some kind of hope, huh? And it was in that state that we called upon a loving God and he rescued us, amen, by his grace and his mercy and pulled us up out of that horrible pit and set our feet upon a solid and a firm foundation and no matter the wilderness no matter how cold the winter season may get your worst day as a child of God is better than dwelling in the tents of the wicked amen there we go 
during these times of prayer must become priority in our life. We cannot forsake prayer in the wilderness season, in the winter season. The winter wilderness season, we need to amp up our prayer life. We need to energize our prayer life because it is there that it is our source of strength. It is there that it is our substance that causes us to be able to endure. It doesn't mean that we don't pray in the mountaintops, right? But we need an extra prayer life, especially in times of the winter season, in the times of drought. A lot of times it's because of your relationship with God. Not everything deserves an immediate reaction. Not everything deserves an immediate reaction. A lot of times it's that relationship with God that will, you can learn, you can speak, you can hear his voice and he can give you direction. Amen. And so when in those times, if we are, are we, it, and as I said, everything doesn't deserve immediate reaction. And sometimes if you'll pray on it and season it in prayer, your decision making will be much better. Amen. And when you do that, it'll, you'll, come out with not just a knee-jerk reaction but you will come out with a season answer or season direction so that you know how to do a thing and so in those times of prayer God will give you direction he will give you wisdom and he will lead you and guide you in the midst of whatever it is that you have to make decisions on remember that you have an appointment with destiny Satan will attempt to assassinate and kill the God life in you. The purpose that God created us for. You see, purpose is like a seed. It takes time to grow. I talked about the seed last week. Circumstances may even try to contradict your purpose. Have you ever had your circumstances not equal up with your purpose? Your purpose will always prevail if you'll stay faithful to God. God told Eve that she would be the mother of all living. She realized one day that she had given birth to a corpse and a murderer. What do you do? When you wake up and realize the thing or the one that you have given birth to is the same one that has killed your seed. What happened to the promise of God? What happened to the plan of God? What happened to the purpose of God? But you see, in the midst of all of this, it it seems that God has been thrown a curve. Here it is. He puts mankind on the earth. He, he gives children to Adam and Eve. And, and now she, she has a, a, a murderer and a corpse. 
But you see, the circumstances surrounding her life did not look good at that time. The situation, no doubt, was a winter season. But never forget that God never has to play catch up with us. He is never taken by surprise of what is going on in our lives. Nothing just occurs to God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> As a result of it being written in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then God begins to speak is a direct result of him saying amen in Revelation. He is, the, he is the beginning and the end at the same time. And so it isn't that he takes it by coincidence. It isn't something that just occurs to God, but he understands because, you see, he sits high and he looks low. Amen. And from his perspective and where he is abiding and where he dwells, nothing takes God by surprise. Amen. And you see, the devil has drooped around us and he has brought into us depression. He has brought to us failure. He has brought to us all of these thoughts and all of these ideas and says, well, you're a failure. This didn't work, Eve. You, you, you just, you know, you ate pizza last night. You, you thought you was going to be the mother of all humanity. Look what a mess your life is in and, and try to drape this discouragement and depression. He does it to all of us from one time or another he 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 when we think that things are going the way that they should be going and and then it all it seems it's sabotage it seems that it is a, a mess but but i want to tell you that it did not eve did not give up on it adam did not give up on the plan the plan of escape and provision has already been built into your destiny let me say that again. Your plan and your, your provision has already been built into what God has destined for your life. Watch this. God had Seth in Adam's loins. I'm almost done. I want you to get home for gun smoke. But God had Seth in Adam's loins. The name Seth means substitute, right? We all know that. There is a divine substitute waiting to be born in your life. You may be in a winter season. You may be in the wilderness season. It may seem that, every, that, that, that you know, Cain has killed Abel, so to speak, in your life. And, and, you, and you're draped around with this discouragement. But God has a divine substitute awaiting. Now, Seth is not God's second best. Seth is not God's band-aid fix for a problem he didn't know was going to come about. But the fact is, Seth is God's ultimate plan to fulfill his original promise that he first put into place. And so God has Seth that he wants to bring forth and say, I want you to bring birth to this thing. Because in, when you do, it's going to fulfill the original promise. I have not changed my mind, Eve. Huh? Can I say to somebody tonight, God has not changed his mind. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. And even though it may seem that we get into a negative or a bad situation, God has a set. He has a divine 
strong and fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for you. Satan can delay God's plan, but he cannot deny God's plan. He can hinder God's plan, but he cannot abort God's plan. You have an appointment with destiny tonight. And when and what I want to say to you is wherever you are, if it's in a wilderness season, a winter season, or wherever you may be, hold on. You may be going through the time of it seeming to be sabotage, but God has a Seth appointed for your life. He has a purpose for you and he is going to fulfill. He has not changed his mind. And it's not up to you to fulfill your destiny. It's up to you to show up for your destiny. Show up for the appointment with your destiny. And God will fulfill your destiny. Destiny is not somewhere we're going. Destiny is something we live. We do it every day. And I'm not going to my destiny way out there somewhere. I'm living my destiny every day. And I've got to show up for my destiny every day. Because the pit was just as much of Joseph's destiny as the palace was. Process, but part of the destiny. Huh? Prison was just as much of his destiny as the palace was. Reigning, process, so he could reign. And so I want to want to say to you tonight is this, and, and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. Sometimes we get in a holding pattern before we can land in that next season. Before we can set down into that next thing, that next day, that next season, that next opportunity that God has for us. We get in holding patterns. Have, have you ever been in an airplane and got in a holding pattern? I'm going to tell you, that, that right there is dumb. Flying 800 miles an hour through the air to get to a place that you can't even land. How many know that's part of our life? We're in a hurry to get there, but it not, may not be ready for us yet. And he, we get in a holding pattern. I don't like flying into Charleston anytime, but especially in August. When the fogs come in, if I've got to fly in and out, I make sure that it's not at 10 o'clock that I'm flying in because they can't find that airport in the fog. <laughs> but I've been, I've come in there and they've come over the, you know, not only there, but you get into major airports and they say, we're here, but we're in a holding pattern. We're waiting for them to tell us 
we can land. They're not ready for us yet. And sometimes it's not what we've done or haven't done. It's just not ready for us yet. And God has put us in this holding pattern to cause us to to make sure that whenever we land, whenever we get there, we get there at the right time. Amen? Because going into an airline, going into an airport at the wrong time can destroy not only you, but all of those others. And so it is whenever we come into a place in a wrong season, we can not only destroy our own lives, but we can destroy those around us. And so we have to be patient. Amen. We have to be patient and we have to hold on with endurance and be a good soldier and say, I'm here and I'm just waiting on the right time and at the right time. I'm ready to fulfill the purpose that God has promised me. Amen. Praise God. And so David, come tonight if you would. Help me. 